This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool are in to the Champions League final for the third time in just five years after they beat Villarreal 3-2 on the night and 5-2 on aggregate in an absolute rollercoaster of an evening. You're listening to the Liverpool Echoes post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel with Patrick Smith after a crazy, deranged Champions League classic for the Reds. After a nightmare start to proceedings and finding themselves 2-0 down at half-time and level in the tie, a dramatic turnaround with goals from Fabinho, Luis Diaz and Sadio Mane spun the tie on its head. What a result and what a time to be a Red. And we've got a brilliant booster post-game pod for you all. With Paul Gorst's verdict, the press conferences of Jurgen Klopp and Andy Robertson and the reaction of Liverpool supporters. Enjoy. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool will contest their third Champions League final in just five seasons after a 3-2 win here against Villarreal at El Madrigal to go through on aggregate 5-2. Um, it was a game that uh, saw the hosts dominate in the early going. Uh, first 45 minutes certainly belonged to the home side. They were in 2-0 at the break. Um, scored an early goal actually inside the first five minutes. Bugalai Beer was in for the injured um, Dan Juma. He scored after a wonderful pass across the face of goal from the outstanding Etienne Capoue. Um, Liverpool really rocked. And we're reeling at half-time. Um, they just couldn't get hold of the ball, couldn't keep hold of possession. Liverpool's midfield was being bypassed far too often in Villarreal. Uh, played the game plan that was similar to Liverpool's in many ways. It was a high line, it was pressing from the front, and Liverpool didn't really have an answer for it in the soaking conditions at El Madrigal. Uh, Capoue uh, put in a wonderful cross for um, Francis Coquelin to make it 2 0, a good header from him. And Liverpool went in at the break with a lot to do. Uh, the tie. Um, 2-2 on the night, uh, Liverpool's advantage from the first leg was wiped out, but uh, Klopp brought on Luis Diaz for the Oral Jotter and Liverpool were a much better proposition in the second half, slowly started to feel their way into the game before Fabinho rattled in one and then once Liverpool got the noses in front and um, across the, the two legs and really felt that it was going to be anything other than a Liverpool progression. Um, Liverpool made it 2-2 on the night, um, Luis Diaz with a, a fine header through the legs of goalkeeper Geronimo Rulli. Um, the Colombian international was outstanding after he came off the bench and really gave Liverpool a, an outlet on the left side and um, really gave Liverpool another attacking dimension to be honest with you, it was really poor in the first half with Diogo Jota down the middle and Savio Mane on the left but uh, Liverpool got it back to 2-2 and then uh, Mane made it 3-2 after a, a mistake from the goalkeeper Rooney, Mane got there ahead of him, took it round one fourth and um, rolled it into the empty net and Liverpool uh, were home and hosed at that point um, so now they go to Paris on May the 28th, it's going to be Real Madrid or Manchester City waiting for them in the French capital, but for now they can just sit back and um, realise the fact that they will play, in fact, every single possible game this season, they've gone to the Carabao Cup final, they'll contest the FA Cup final later this month and then the Champions League final to finish off an incredible season for the Reds, uh, could yet be a quadruple on the go, it's finished here at El Madrigal, uh, Villarreal 2, Liverpool 3. Game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Very really different performance in the second half. Played better than the first. Um, no, it's actually um, usually in a situation like this when we are when we don't find a way into the game, we 
we try to find a situation which we can show the boys in, in, in a half time, which um, explains it a little bit um, what we have to do. I sent so when Pete went in, I told him find one situation, just one situation where we where we did it how we wanted to do it um, in the first place. And when I came in, Pete just said, nah, didn't find any. So um, then, it, but it was clear. So the start obviously was really was really difficult for us to take. We were obviously impressed by that. Um, we had no real build-up. We had no. We didn't play in the right spaces. Um, all of a sudden, we just kicked in long balls somewhere and tried to to force it. Had when if we had kind of a moment to play, then we were directly kind of um, dangerous, but of never enough to to get a little bit of momentum. So we just said, explain the boys where they where we have to play, what we have to do, where we have to. Um, be stronger and how we have to move smarter because we obviously in the first half we didn't move enough we couldn't find the midfielders in half space because they were not there front three were too fixed Sadio left the more right and and yoga in the center that was there was no flexibility nothing so we had to 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 mix that up definitely to to cause them more problems because of their man very man orientated defending uh we played in their hands and um that's what we had to change Thank you, Chris. We'll go to Vinny O'Connor next, and then to Dave Maddock. Vinny, two, two questions. Jürgen, how does this one feel, reaching your third Champions League final in five years? Outstanding, massive. Feels like it's the first, to be honest, um, because it's always so special. It's, for me, the best club competition in the world. Love it, love the... the <laughs> The sound, everything, love the night, to the, what, respect to VRL, um, this really wonderful stadium, what the people doing here is, is absolutely incredible, what Una is doing incredible, the players, how they put us under pressure, everything is great, so it feels so special because it was so difficult for us. Um, but um, in the end, we deserved it as well, and that's that's really cool, and um, it was massive, massive from the boys. Um, so before the game, I told the boy I would like to have to read the, the headlines, which is um, uh, that uh, the, the mentality monsters were in town, just because I wanted us to be from the first moment, not that somebody like somebody who defends the result but goes for the the the, the three points or for the for the win. Couldn't see that, but the second half was like this, and um, I'm not 100 sure, but I asked what is in Spanish, and I think it's mentalitare monstrosos, something like that. Um, sorry, uh, but maybe somebody can figure it out. So for me, it was like this because it was you could see how much we how impressed we were in the first half, and then coming back like we came back in the second half is really special. Uh, with the 500 games, like it feels with the boys played, it's completely normal that a situation that a thing like in the first half can happen. But reacting like we reacted made it really special again, and it's, um, I'm really happy about it. We keep talking about the impact that Luis Diaz has made since he came in, but talk to us about the impact you feel he made coming on in that second half. Yeah, the massive impact. But I, what I don't like about this, because the, 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 the next story is around it, that Hugo Jota was our problem. He was not at all our problem in the first half, not a little bit. But our, our, we, have, we had 11 problems, if you want, in the first half. And they, 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 we, been, we just had to, to mix it up. And you can do that with explaining what I did, obviously. Um, uh, but you need then fresh impulse as well. So um, 
Sad all of a sudden was involved in a game that has nothing to do with the position. It must be a misunderstanding. It was for specific situations I wanted more in Sadio, high and wide, but not in open play situations. So even after long, working long together, it's just because it means so much. That's how it is. That it means so much. And all of a sudden we were not ourselves, but second half we were ourselves. And that's uh, why that's why we won the game. And yes, of course, Lewis, what a goal! What a few more situations? I think the first one, she wants like kind of a, takes with a bicycle kick. If it takes that on the chest, he can score there already. Um, so, yeah, top performance. Thank you, Vinny. We'll go to Dave Maddock, and we'll get a couple more in that uh, we can't get everybody. But Dave Maddock from the Daily Mirror. Jürgen, hi. You've actually, actually made history made now history by now being now the being first team and first. English, the first manager in English football to, to reach the final of the Champions League, the League Cup and the, the FA Cup. But I imagine that you've got this far, you have to now go on and make a different kind of history. Yeah, what can I say now? So There's only one chance to, to win a final, is to qualify for the final. That's what we did so far. We played each game available. Uh, we went through all competitions to the to the last until the last game so but two of these three of these competitions are not finished yet so i know all the stories around and stuff like this and supporters from other clubs and these kind of things first half today a lot of people might have been happy that we that we that we have got a knock all these kind of things but uh, it's really difficult to to reach three finals that's probably the reason why nobody did it so far um but we made that happen and when the final the specific finals are um um, show up in our schedule, we will make sure that we are ready for it. But we play incredibly strong teams in these finals. So um, we will see. We give it a go, definitely. But that it's difficult, I could have told you without knowing that nobody did it so far because it's really tough. Okay, we can't take everyone. We are going to go to what looks like Jordi Blanco, I think. I can't, I'm sorry, it's quite far away the screen for ESPN. Then we're going to go to Dom King. Jordi? Buenas noches. Hi. Congratulations. I'd like to know what you said exactly, if you can, to your players at halftime when you said when you saw that Villarreal, like you said before, or like Robertson said before, they, they seem to be everywhere in the first half and they kind of surprised us. Did you know that you had the advantage on the second half because of your physical fitness? I guess I know it was it was um, tough for around the first half. They played pretty much very man orientated, if not man marking, in a lot of moments. They took all the risk. They couldn't respect it more what they did. But the physical aspect, at least we didn't we didn't mention in in the first half uh, in the half time. So um, no, I cannot tell you what I said at half time. First and foremost, I don't know it exact exactly anymore, but I know what I was talking about about playing football and where we have to play and where we have to move and where we have to show up and where we have to be brave and where we have to change the momentum and where we have to go in behind and where we have to go in between. It, it was a football problem and we have the understanding football problems you sort with football. If you can get your mind right, because after three minutes, our mind was not right anymore. We were, we were, we were in a rush. We felt the pressure. And it doesn't make sense. Um, you have to, 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 to force your own football through. And in the second half, we did that. Okay. These are the sorry, last two. Javier, who's had his hand up from the beginning, and then we're going to finish with Dom. Javier. Hopefully this works. Thank you. Yes. Correct. Javier, can you hear us? 
Yeah, I hear you. Good, far away. Javier Cáceres, Vitochezado, hello, Klopp. One question, could you be a bit more specific? And you, you said that uh, you tried to solve a football problem with football solutions. Um, what was the specific mission of Luis Diaz uh, to give uh, you the edge uh, this evening? No, no, no. Yeah, Luis, of course. But that's, that the thing is, it's not that we that we that Luis was the solution. The solution was uh, that we that we move more. So we were really fixed in, in the front line. We, we how I said, we, we had Salio right, um, left, more right. You're in the middle, in the center. With a man, if you play against a man orientated or man marking system, pretty much you play in their hands because now you give the ball there and they win the challenge. We couldn't keep on ball, I think, in the front line the first half because of the wrong movements. But if you can't only play the balls directly in the, in the, in the front line, so you need the, the options in in, 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 the, in midfield as well. So obviously, Thiago got massive pressure when he, when he dropped. Our fullbacks were too, especially Robo was too early, too high in moments when we had five players in one line and no, nobody to, for, for a decisive pass. Um, um, so there were so many problems. It's not, it's not a, if I can explain it now, but you saw them as well. And you saw the second half. So, it, the, But the difference was what I was talking about in halftime. It was pretty much 1-1 what we said in halftime, that we have just to, to, to start doing what we wanted to do in the first place and don't play in their cards because they play man marking um, and were really on us. Um, and in that moment, you maybe remember the first pass through the half space, Nabi Keita could turn, then Sadio, if they pass the ball there, all of a sudden they had the problems we had in the first half. So we turned and we were running with four or five players um, towards their last line. So that were the situations we expected to have already in the first half. It was clear that they go for us, but if you press like them, then you open up other spaces. So it was clear we win one one situations in that moment. We are we are we, we have an advantage. So these that's it's how it is. But it's more than that you can really get yourself in that mood to do that. Because if you if the first shot is a goal for yourself, then you all start flying in that moment. If you can see the goal, it's very often exactly the opposite. And that's what happened to us. So we had to force ourselves back in the game, but the boys did that all good. I'm going to go to Dom King's hospital. Last question, by the way, Nat Phillips from Bournemouth Football Activity. Yes. So you might like to. Know. Right. Dom, just to finish. Uh, yeah, again, um, come back to uh, um, part of this Liverpool's history um, and, and heritage, and you know that better than anyone with with Dortmund and, and Barcelona. Is what you did tonight uh, on a par with par with those games? Given some year away from home and what you were faced with in the second half. I did not say anything. I think Dom's saying that the, the big European nights you've had is this on a par with it because of the circumstances. In, in ter yeah, in terms of comeback, Jürgen, like against Dortmund, like you know against Barcelona. Dom, yeah, I don't say You know, Dom, I, I, I don't like to compare, just add on. Yes, it's a massive one. Absolutely massive one. Being 2-0 down, the game looked like it looked. The whole world thought, okay, this is rather 3-0 than a 2-1. Um, but maybe we, we, we knew that in halftime. So he said that that's, all, that's a situation. That's what everybody thinks. Um, but we are still here, so we could give it a try, actually. So we just have to make sure that everybody can see that we try. And that's what we did in, in the second half. Honestly, it was when, we, when, we, when I saw us first time passing through their line and could turn with the ball, I knew we have a good chance to turn it around. But you still have to score, obviously, because um, it was, it's not it, easy. So we have the, the first goal we scored um, from Fabinho was a situation where Fab offers a run in, 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 a, in, a, in a space where he never was before in the game. So just being really in half space and offer that running behind, we, we, we pass the ball through, 
and then obviously a bit lucky with the with the finish but we had to break their lines and that's what we did in the second half and that's made it really really special from where we are coming from after two minutes one nil down with all the games the boys played yeah very special and is for me with together with these other big european nights fantastic thanks everyone and thanks to Villarreal for this setup congratulations to ned phillips by the way <laughs> the post game podcast on the blood red channel champions league final in five seasons how does this one feel yeah, unbelievable. Um, incredibly tough tie. Um, never easy. Um, but, you know, to be in a final is is never, ever easy in whatever competition you're in. And to make this, you know, the third um, in a space of five years is incredible from this group of boys. And, you know, as as players and fans and everyone alike should, you know, never, ever take this for granted. You've often spoken about Liverpool not necessarily doing things the easy way. So what was the mood like at halftime? To be fair, it was... Um, it, it was calm. Um, we had to be calm because, to be honest, I think they put they put everything into that first half. Um, I thought they played really well. Um, obviously, they're crowded up. You know, we talk about Anfield and making a difference and everything. I, I think their fans made a huge difference for them in the first half. Um, but it was about reminding ourselves at half time that it was 2-2. It was still level. Um, the next goal was going to be crucial. Obviously, we brought on um, Louise and made a bit of a difference and, you know, changed it a wee bit. And, um, you know, second half, I thought, was a really good performance from us. Did you also feel that they couldn't keep that tempo up, the tempo they showed in that first half? Yeah, look, like I said, you know, I, I think they put everything into the first half. You know, they were, they were everywhere. And, you know, sometimes, look, we could have done a lot better and, and everything, but... You know, you have to hold your hands up and say they played really well for, you know, especially 35, 40 minutes. I thought we got we got grips of the game the last five minutes Um, started kind of winning a couple of second balls and things like that. But, you know, they were really good. And But then, you know, we would have been surprised if they managed to t- sustain it, you know. And, and we knew we could play a lot, lot better. And then we started being composed on the ball in the, um, the second half. And, you know, you've seen that when we started to, to pick them off. Finally for me, Andy, we'll keep talking about a quadruple now as well. It's another step towards a quadruple. And what do you guys say in the dressing room? <laughs> we just we just enjoy we just enjoy getting to this final. You know, it's it's so hard to get to Champions League finals, especially the amount of good teams that are in this competition. And um, you know, to get to the finals is an incredible feeling. Um, it's going to be a special occasion. We're looking forward to it. We've got a lot of games from now to then, but. Our season's been extended, but for the right reasons, and we're so happy about it. And, you know, we can't wait to try and go and compete and, you know, try and make it number seven. We'll be City. Like time will tell. Um, <laughs> you know, time will tell. We obviously, we won it in an all-English final. Um, I think, you know, the English finals are always tough. You play them enough in a season, but Man City are an incredible team. They're obviously in kind of pole position for tomorrow and we'll watch and, you know, obviously Real Madrid will try and have a say in it. So we can watch that game knowing that we've done our job. We know that we are through. We can look forward to the final, whoever we play. And, um, you know, both both of them will obviously fight it out tomorrow night. Well done tonight, mate. Top man. Top man. Thank you. Hey, Dom. Dom King. He's on mute. You're on mute, Dom. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. James Pierce, you there? Yep. Andy. <coughs> Hi, Andy. Um, Hi, I just, I just asked you about Luis Diaz. I mean, that was an, another amazing impact from him on the game 
tonight. How, how would you sum up the, the, the way in which he started this, his Liverpool career? Because you know, it's not easy, is it, for a player coming from overseas into, into a new environment midway through the season, but he just seems to have given everyone around him a lift. He's been, uh, he's been special. Um, you know, we've tried to help him as much as we can. All the players, we know how difficult it is coming in in January. And, you know, we've tried to, you know, and the coaches and everyone else has got him up to speed and things like that. But, you know, he's a special, special player and the talent he, he has and, you know, the will to win and everything, he, he just fits us perfectly. And, you know, you know, it was tough to, to take Jots off. I think he's been excellent this season, but, you know, Louise came on and he made a big difference. He did. He, he played on the left. He started pushing him back. Um, started, you know, taking the ball, dribbling and everything. So it was a really good half from him. Um, but he's been, you know, he's been special since the days came in and it's it's a pleasure to play with him and hopefully he'll only get better as well, you know, with a full pre-season and things like that under his belt, then I believe he'll get better, which, which is scary. But, you know, what he's producing the here and now is uh, is pretty special as well. Okay, we'll leave it there because Jürgen's ready to come on. So thank you very much, everyone. Thanks, guys. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's big win in the second leg of the Champions League semi-final. What an extraordinary game. That was, I noted at the end of the contest that possession was 50-50. And that doesn't tell the story, does it? You see that and you think, oh, well, a, an evenly contested game. Both sides, nothing between them. But it couldn't be further from the tr truth. First half, they were all over us. Great intensity from Real. And you could see inside the first three minutes exactly how they were going to approach this. And exactly how it was going to make us feel. Because their very intense, very high press didn't give Alison Becker a moment on the ball. Never mind Virgil and Conate. And it was precisely that tactic that led to the opening goal. And you would think there that they would continue doing that. And that Liverpool would find some response. But they didn't. Not in that first half. The intensity kept coming. The high press kept coming. And and sure enough, they got their second goal. And at half time, I I tweeted, if Villarreal can keep this up, you know, they'll probably make the final. And because it was going to be very difficult for us to deal with that. We've seen though, haven't we? We've seen Jurgen Klopp make half time changes. Those fifteen minutes are tremendously important to a a coach who communicates as well and who has the clarity of thought that Jurgen Klopp seems to have. And I would love to have been in the dressing room to see exactly how he coerced the players into doing something so significantly different. In terms of personnel, I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd made wholesale changes. There was, uh, I think, a little bit of a surprise in that Naby Keita started. And I don't think Naby had a good first half and I was expecting him to be withdrawn. Uh, he had a much better second half. The one change, and, and, and I think I'm, even though it was only half time, and you don't really commonly see changes at half time, but I wouldn't have been surprised if there'd been more than one. I was surprised that Diaz was the man he brought on. Um, I'm not sure what I would have done other than maybe bring Nabi Cater off and put Hendo on. 
but Diaz changed the game, didn't he? Um, he? He had an opportunity that he swung a boot at sort of six feet in the air, which may not have been the best choice. Maybe head it, maybe take it down on your chest first. Um, but that's Diaz. He's, he's spectacular. He's He's got charisma in his game. Um, high energy and, and you know that, you can see how that would change things slightly but was it the change that generated such a significant difference between the first half and the second I'm not sure I mean I I can't wait to hear and read other people's analysis but what a transformation um, they they I, I think they were disappointed by the fact that the, the goalkeeper let two through his legs and I think their heads went down after that and you could see then then they got frustrated and the one or two nasty challenges came out and not a big shock that they ended up with fewer than 11 men on the field by the time the final whistle blew but we were fully in control as you'd expect a Liverpool side to be in the second half and that it resulted from one change is, is difficult for me to get my head around but that's Jurgen Klopp that's this wonderful Liverpool side. And now there is the scramble to get to Paris. And I hope as many of us can make it there as possible. Should be a great party. And there's so much more to come from this season than just what's happening in the capital of France. By the way, it'd be nice to see a Mo goal at some stage, wouldn't it? He needs to get his mojo back. We've got an important few games coming up. And getting Mo Salah on the score sheet would be a big help for everybody at Galasahi on Twitter G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I Really big second half performance from Liverpool to take them to the final of the Champions League after encountering all kinds of problems in the first half against Villarreal and at times when it went to 2-0 to the home side you really did worry for Liverpool and worry if they were going to go under however one thing I would say is I'm just past the point in or I should be past the point in Doughton the group of players and the manager because for Liverpool to come back in that situation after having been totally dominated, Villarreal has, has essentially dictated the game in the way that which Liverpool did in the first leg, totally suffocated Liverpool, not allowed them to pass forward, had every second ball was won by Villarreal. Absolute dominant performance from the Spanish side and Liverpool were in trouble, there was no doubt about that. But again, for them to come out and win 3-2 in circumstances like that in the second half and completely turn the tie around to go to the final in the highest stakes and the highest uh, value game there is currently in world football, obviously to make the Champions League final, it's just a testament to the players and the coaching staff and the manager again. I mean, what Liverpool are achieving over these past four years is just astronomical, really. And I've said it before, I mean, about how it'll be looked back on in seasons to come. But I was trying to work it out and I haven't had the chance to look at all the numbers for it. But I was working on the basis of how many games Liverpool have actually lost of late. When you factor in, I think after the Real Madrid game at the back end of last season, Liverpool obviously went on a run to qualify for the Champions League. And obviously this season they've only lost three games in all competitions. So when you actually amalgamate all them games together, I mean... Surely it's got to be something along the lines of near 60 games. And that's just a rough estimate. I might be off slightly in which they've only lost three games. Now, when you consider the season that they, four seasons ago, if it was, or three seasons ago, when they 
uh, fell short to Manchester City by a point, only losing one game in the league and then obviously winning the league uh, the season after. And I think, obviously, they lost a few games towards the back end of the season when they'd actually won the league. But apart from that, I'd hardly lost any games at all. And, and the levels of consistency are just unbelievable over a four-year period. And I'd like to see the numbers of how many games they've actually lost. And what I mean by that as well, competitive games, because you'd have to factor in that some of the games they'll have lost would have been in domestic cups when they played understrength lineups. You know, even the one of the three this season when they played into Milan, Liverpool were already through within the tie. Um, not that that was a dead rubber by any means, but Liverpool still progressed having lost the game. And obviously, the, I'm thinking as well, there may be some games within the Champions League in which they already qualified or potentially, obviously, after they'd won the league that particular season. But when you amalgamate it all, all up, I mean, I don't think we'll see a level of consistency like this again. I mean, these are the, the times where you're sort of watching a great side and, and will you ever see anything like it, quite like it again. And the vast majority of these players have been involved in, in absolutely all of them seasons. And again, just you can't speak highly of them enough. They're a magnificently coached team with fantastic individuals throughout the side. I mean, all absolutely players who, who play for Liverpool and a sprinkling of the absolute world-class talents within that eleven as well that we, we get lucky enough to see on a weekly basis. And I mean, I, I should just be beyond the point in doubting the sides really, such as how good they've been and how good they continue to be, <laughs> being in a situation where they've only got uh, how many games left, five, six games left, before they could possibly round off the season having won every trophy that is available, having played every game that's been available to play within the season. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and listen, they may still not be able to achieve that because they're coming up against such a magnificent side like Manchester City, who they'd have had to get past in every competition if they are to go on and win them win them titles. And obviously Manchester City have to slip up in the, in the Premier League. But I think that's what really makes it even more stand out what Liverpool have achieved over these years. Because for me, they're competing against the greatest Premier League side that has ever been. And I think Liverpool aren't far behind that. I have no doubt that these two teams, the, the way football's moved on, the level of detail of coaching, everything about the, the players, their athleticism, the the professionalism. The, the, people go on about teams of the past, for me, they just wipe the floor with them. It'd be as simple as that, really, both tactically, physically, technically. I just think these are... As as anything, when things get better and games move on, you know we're talking about the best of the best here, and and Liverpool to do that in an era where they're completely competing against Manchester City and and Guardiola as a manager as well, just makes it stand out even more. And like I say, so many of these players have been involved in in, in for many years now for Liverpool, showing that level of consistency. But one player that that doesn't uh, refer to or it isn't isn't the case for, and that's Luis Diaz, and. He absolutely changed the game when he came on at half-time. What a magnificent performance. I mean, obviously Liverpool struggled massively in the first half, and it's difficult when you're actually watching the game, obviously, um, in the comfort of your own home to see a visual. You haven't got an overhead of, of, of what it is that, that was tweaked in terms of how Liverpool were able to, to maintain possession, how they were able to, to find different spaces and be able to play forward, which was totally the opposite to the, the first half. But just on an individual, so I don't really want to comment on that. So, But on a, an individual level, I think that this particular player, I mean, what a player he is. I mean, 
he will be, I have no doubt, from the, the first couple of months. I don't think this is one where he's just come into the country and is going through a rich vein of form. He is going to be one of the top players in the league. He's already one of the top players in the league. He's actually playing for every minute that he plays, paying 90. I'd, I'd argue he's actually the best player in the, in the league at this moment of time. I'm certainly close to it. Obviously, there's a, there's a number of players who are right in that bracket. Kevin De Bruyne, of course, at the moment, is playing outstanding. But everything you would want from a modern-day wide forward he has. And Liverpool were really struggling from back to front in terms of retention of the ball. So not only were they able to not play forward, but when they actually did play forward, the there wasn't the ability for the, the forward players to be able to hold up the ball, bring others into play and take some pressure off the side. And the thing is about Diaz, which this is different to everybody, and take away some of the other aspects of his game that are already apparent, which I'll talk about later, but his retention of the ball, he's such an outlet for Liverpool in the way he can manipulate the ball on all surface areas of his body, whether it, you know he's, he's taking in high balls to the chest, the knee, elevated balls, balls to his feet when he's got pressure from a defender behind. It's almost this glue-like sharpness that he has in, in his ability to maintain possession and resist pressure. He's so press resistant from all different angles. And again, that was a massive thing, obviously, brought to Liverpool in the second half. Obviously, you have to factor in that Liverpool's tactical tweak and the way they went about it in the second half allowed more easier possession. But that is why, for me, he is so different to the some of the other Liverpool players who play in that forward line who are very vertical in the way they play. And obviously with Liverpool not having Firmino in the side who's more of a connector, for Diaz to to offer that skill set is massive. But when you also couple it with the other things that he can do, so when you think about his goal today, making a run from out to in, the classic runs that you want from all Klopp, Liverpool wide forwards, you know, you think of Salah, Manny, Jota, Absolutely fantastic at making them really hateful runs in between full-back and centre-half. And we've seen that from Diaz today. He's more than adept at doing that and deciding the outcome of games. Obviously, meeting Trent Alexander-Arnold's cross in the second half to really put the game to bed as far as the tie was concerned. But the final thing he offers you as well, which is a different skill set, is the direct ability to be able to travel with the ball. He's able to get the ball under control, face the defender up, beaten 1v1, twist, turn when he's travelling and progressing with the ball and being able to strike off both feet so quick, so sharp and the ability to change direction at speed. Now, Salah and Manny are fantastic players and, and you know, I would I would still, however, say that their main strength is being able to... It's all, they're almost as dangerous without the ball as they are with it, so making them piercing runs and timing their movements perfectly where what you wouldn't say is, as 1v1 players, the ability to travel so freely with the football up against, say, a full-back or a recovering defender, that may not be their absolute elite trait. And Diaz brings that. He just brings something different. And all of them things put together today meant that Liverpool were able to have him as such a threat to the opposition. And that wasn't the only reason that Liverpool turned the game round. But as an individual, I think he contributed so much and it's at the stage now where I don't feel you can leave him out. I, I really don't. I think he's the kind of player as well, if you look at his physical makeup, he, he almost looks the kind of player who who would be able to play back-to-back games. He's just got that sort of slight frame. You could imagine he's always fit. He's very durable. 
And I, I don't think Liverpool now at the business end of the season in which they need to win absolutely every game and every game is the most vital. I just think he has to play. It's as simple as that. I think he's that good. I think he's been that good. And I don't... If Liverpool would have been going out of the, the Champions League tonight, you'd have been looking at it thinking he should have played and there'd have been massive regrets. And I don't think Liverpool can, can have them regrets going forward over the last few games. Sorry, it's round on a bit today, but he was the big talking point from the game to me. But again, just how good this Liverpool side are and even to come back after a, after a, a first half in the manner in which they were able to come out and win the tie 3-1 away from home. And I, I, I just beyond doubting them at this moment in time. What a team, what a manager. And I really hope they can go and see the season out and claim as many possible prizes as they can. Mike Holt from Go On The Match podcast with my review on Villarreal 2, Liverpool 3. Um, the Reds get to another Champions League final. Um LA La Rouge is starting to trend around Twitter now. Um, but it wasn't the foregone conclusion that we all thought, was it? Um, that first half, oh, honest to God. People are saying that's the worst half we've had all season. Yeah, comfortably. So that's even that was almost as bad as anything that we seen last season. And that was a draft. You know, we all know how much of a drastic season that one was. Um I couldn't actually believe that first half. Couldn't get my head around it. It almost felt like we just it wasn't meant to be for us on the night, and just nothing was going our way. Anything we were trying to do wasn't pulling off. We couldn't eat. We honestly, I was struggling to find in that first forty-five minutes a moment where we strung three or four passes together. Like we'd get two together, and the ball would either we'd either give the ball away or it would take a little deflection. We couldn't get any rhythm, no momentum. We were absolutely atrocious. And then we turn out in that second half. And it honestly makes you wonder, you know, what was it? Was it nerves? Was it mentality? I'm not even sure you can question the mentality because these lads have, you know, proven over and over again how good their mentality was. Maybe it's just how good Villarreal turned up in the first half. And I do put a lot of it onto that. I do think Emery asked a lot of them in the first half. Um, and then at half, you know, as they were coming towards the end of that first half, you could see they were starting to tire slightly. And, you know, start of that second half, you know, it was evident that they were, you know, they put everything into that first half. And fair play to them that they did. Um, you know, they absolutely deserved to be beating us at that point. They played really well. Um, they've maybe even set a little benchmark for other teams to play against us in that respect. Um, but both the goals were just so... So frustrating. Um, Robertson in the first 10 minutes, he, he looked like his head had just gone. Completely gone, obviously, when we conceded the goal. and he, he, He's watching the man come in, but he doesn't actually follow him. He, he looked like that. He, you know, his head had just gone. He couldn't get out of his head. Um, his passing was so sloppy. And then, obviously, the second goal, you know, Trent, he just doesn't go up to win the header. It's one of them, really, because, you know, obviously, he should be doing better. But his his body position wasn't great. He should have really been side on to the man, so he could have seen him coming. But he had his back to him, so it's one of them. Yeah, you know, both full backs there were guilty of of switching off. Um, and obviously we go into nil down, and then the second half, obviously I was calling for Henderson and Diaz to come on. Um, he makes the one change and Diaz for Jota, who completely changes the game. You know, if you're going to give a man of the match, you could look no 
nowhere else apart from Luis Diaz. Maybe Canate. I thought Canate had a good game, actually. But Luis Diaz, you know, he changes the game. And for me, he's got to start in every front three. Liverpool now, he's... I, I, I would, you know... I would die on this hill now saying he is our most creative of those front four players. Given Salah's current form, I'd say Diaz is more creative. Um, I'd say Mane's probably more explosive. Um, but Salah's form's been worrying me a little bit now. Um, I think that is maybe something we need to start worrying about a bit. You know, he hasn't scored for open play since United. And prior to that, you know, it was a while. Um and I don't know what I don't really know what it is to be honest. I think some things aren't rubbing off for him. He probably could have had a few in the last ten minutes there tonight, and he just doesn't look very confident. But I definitely think Diaz needs to start every single one of these games now. He's just too influential on the game. Um, midfield first half, Thiago was very frustrating. He couldn't string a pass together. Kate was trying to run with the ball, trying to run through people. Um, he was just dribbling too much and he needed to release the ball a bit earlier. Um, but then in the second half, they were a lot better. Um, and obviously, we bring on the subs to show the game up and we kill it there with um, Mane's goal at the end. Um, <laughs> the keeper had an absolute nightmare, didn't he, truth be told? Um, especially with Fabinho's goal that got us straight back into it. Um, he shouldn't really be getting beat there, but... It was just it was just a mad mental game. I'm still struggling to try and dissect it and get my head around it now. But the main thing is that we're there. We're there in Paris for the final. Um, remains to be seen tomorrow who we'll be getting. At this point, I'm really not. I'm really not asked. Um, we could be playing Swindon Town for all I care. Um, the main thing is that this Liverpool team are now have now played in every game that they could have played this season by getting to every final. Which is just, you know, it, you can't take that for granted how much of a great achievement that is. And I, I know you don't get a trophy for coming second, but you definitely get a trophy for finishing first in these cup finals. And that's exactly what this Liverpool team need to do now. They need to get the job done, get over the line and create some serious history. You know, we don't want to be, as much as, as much as the season's been fantastic, it's been great, it's been a great journey to go on. We need to get that cherry on the cake now and... And really do the job. And, you know, that starts again on Saturday by playing Spurs. And I'm sure Klopp and Henderson and all them boys will be saying that in the dressing room. Yeah, we're in the final now. But Saturdays, you know, these games are coming thick and fast. Quarter to eight kickoff under the light is going to have another European sort of feel of an atmosphere at Anfield. Um, and we need to refocus on that. Because um, then we've got an FA Cup final coming up. The last games of the season. Obviously, this Champions League final we've got to today, but I'm sure they'll enjoy it tonight. I know I will. Um, monumental season for the Reds, and hopefully, hopefully, this would turn us into the Immortals. You've been listening to the post game podcast on the Blood Red channel.